Why, hello, folks. Did you know that this episode is brought to you by Castwave Studios' Amazon page? Go to castwavestudios.com slash Amazon and click through to shop for everything from A to Z. This helps the studio and doesn't cost you a single extra dime. So, bookmark and go to castwavestudios.com slash Amazon to get your shop on today. That's castwavestudios.com slash Amazon. Well, hello. Welcome to Boldly Going Nowhere, the podcast so popular you probably haven't heard of it. Um, well, it's, um, it's a very special episode, not just because I'm starting it, but, uh, but just, let's just go around the horn. I'm Jordan Hazelwood, and of course, uh, Colin Kakamas and your Brian Massey are here. Hello. And we have the returning forefather of, uh, of uh, Castro Studios, Justin well, Eisenstein. Hello. Why hello? Well, Feels good hello. to say that. Yeah. yeah, right? I'm glad that I've like managed to, you know, that's like my one lasting legacy. It's just those two words. If it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure we've used that in every single introduction since... Totally. No, actually, since you started... We've continued to just use that. <laughs> That's that is fantastic. That makes me feel really good. Um, also, Rocky's here. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. That's also pretty cool. Hi, I'm that guy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. Um, no, it, it was funny because I don't know. Yeah, I was actually going back through the archives, and I actually this is funny because I wanted to do something special for our hundredth episode, but the problem was we had actually already passed a hundred episodes. <laughs> Yeah, in, in and typical then, castaway fashion, right? And then in, in typical castaway fashion, you mm. were like, "Hey, let's have a hundredth, hundredth episode party tomorrow." Yeah, like, that was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why the comic shop has numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. So I was like, "Well, this is re- I'm really you know it's really a bummer that I'm not there for it." Yeah. But um, well, it's okay. It didn't actually. What is happen, this? I mean, so. what is this? One hundred and uh, this is four, three. I don't know. Two, what is I think. A, I think the post 100th episode special ended season two, so that's technically 10. That was a 102. First episode of season three was 103. So this is 104. Okay, so we can still kind of bask in that 100th episode glow. Yeah, yeah. Um, the afterglow, if you will. Right. Think about yeah. it. I mean, when when we mm-hmm. started this, did we actually think it was going to make 100 episodes? I, I think we thought it was going to make 10 episodes. <laughs> I think so. Because so. What was it? Because back in the days, I was driving to, what was it, UMBC? Just yeah. Dri- I, was dri- I was basically right, driving back and forth every week. Right, in my, my dorm room. And <laughs> this podcast has had more reboots than Spider-Man, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, so I guess if you're like a new listener, then you don't know who I am. Um, but I, I'm Justin Eisenstadt, and Colin and I started this podcast together. Um and then there were a bunch of other things that we did, and uh, I had a couple different shows that I did, um, which may or may not be archived somewhere yeah, that you can listen are. to. Uh, Justin's Jukebox. Justin's Jukebox. And Justin's Jukebox. And uh, Inspired Lunacy. Inspired Lunacy. One episode of that, um, which... That was fun to do, by the way. It was very fun. I think we just made it a torturous experience for Sean trying to edit it. <laughs> I think Well, as I recall, we, we had like nine people uh, gathered around uh, various microphones to try and, and like perform the radio play uh, live and then and then in editing we discovered we had a precisely one good microphone. That was a big part so of it. We, brought, we had to bring everyone else back to read their lines on the one good microphone yep. and uh, and 
cut all those into confetti and rearrange them. Right, and we I think we recorded like a, a whole chunk of that at my parents' house where it was like the dog was barking and it was very echoey and you could hear his like nails on the, the floor. And then there was a portion of the time where he finally stopped barking and stopped moving. Unfortunately, his tail kept whacking the pole. Yeah. <laughs> so you heard... So like, what the fuck is that noise? So I think uh, you know, inspired lunacy was it was a good idea. That Actually just, named, by the way. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, it was very, it was very inspired. Yeah, I think there was there was certainly some good writing in there. Um, I discovered that when I'm talking to myself, I sound weirdly angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, I think we can all agree that the best part of that of that that episode is uh, lonely movie announcer guy. Yeah. So. I don't know if you've got, if you've thought about maybe just doing a lonely movie announcer guy spinoff. It, it would seem it, it it would seem wrong without you, Justin. <laughs> I well you, so here's <laughs> another thing we can talk about. Okay. Um, but maybe this is jumping ahead a bit. But um, I am thinking of uh, in some way kind of rejoining the fold, coming mm-hmm. back in. Um, so the reason that I'm here and the reason that I haven't been here for a very long time is, you know, I've been living uh, down in, in Rockville and you know, mainly, you know, focusing on other things, uh, the band and, and writing. Um, but I've really got that itch and I've been missing podcasting. And mm-hmm. I think um, one thing I wanted to come on here and talk about is when Katie and I very first started dating and, you know, I was still very much active in Castaway Studios, and she didn't really get the whole podcasting thing, mm-hmm. like, at all. So fast forward uh, two years later, now not only does she listen to even more podcasts than I do now, That's um, but she's like, hey, maybe we should start a podcast. Oh, yeah? Yes. Nice. Um, so we're, we're kicking around ideas. I mean, it would be a podcast centered around writing um, well that's a given so it would be a very different thing okay. um, for many of the other shows that are on Castaway Studios but there's still a part of me that's like hey West Coast Correspondent that could be a thing mm-hmm. um, totally which I guess that's the important thing I have to mention so I am moving to Spokane Washington moving across the country in about three weeks um, Katie will be attending the MFA program uh, for fiction writing at the Eastern Washington University in the fall, so that's why we're moving there. Um, I hate my job, so I figured, eh, why not uproot myself and go with her? Also, because even before I met her, I've been talking about moving to Washington State for this a is, while. This is true. Um, I think, it, what was it, one of our second MAGFest run episodes was with James Portnow for yes. Extra Credits, and he actually teaches at one of the Washington universities. He University teaches at University of Washington, like the flagship campus. And that was one of the schools you ended up applying to way back when. Yes, I will. Not only did I apply to it, but I was so confident that I would be accepted uh, that I, you know, spent four hundred dollars on a plane ticket and went out there and visited the campus and talked to people and walked around and, of course, didn't get accepted. So mm-hmm. now I was like, well, maybe. Uh, maybe I'll make it a five-year plan to someday move to Seattle, move to Washington. And now the five-year plan, mm. we're moving it up by three years. I mean, I'm not moving to Seattle, but Spokane is obviously a pretty big 
stepping stone on the I way mean, to moving to Seattle. I mean, yeah, same state. You're only a couple hours out. Mm-hmm. Four-hour drive and much cheaper. Um, I went and visited there a couple weeks ago, um, and that's something you know we can talk about. Uh, but I don't want to uh, have this entire episode revolve around that. But um, I am interested in uh, in talking to you guys about kind of what podcasts you guys are listening to now, because my the th- things I've been listening to uh, have changed a lot from what I was listening to mm-hmm. um, back when uh, you know I was still active in this. You know, I was listening to things like uh, like Jordan Jesse Go and Smodcast yeah. and. Uh, and Nerdist, and now my tastes have kind of changed more towards, um, like, storytelling podcasts. Um, you listen to Welcome to Night Vale by any chance? That's what I was going to bring that up. Love Welcome to Night Vale. I'm loving it. So we're, like, two episodes away from being caught up, and I bring that up, uh, and it's interesting, we're talking about Inspired Lunacy. I think Welcome to Night Vale is the kind of thing that I'm like, oh, if I was just better at this... And had the resources, like, Welcome to Night Vale is a sort of thing I think I, in my head, wanted Inspired, Inspired Lunacy, Lunacy to sort of become. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to articulate it, because I hadn't heard Welcome to Night Vale yet. Well, and so. that was that was the one thing, mm-hmm. I remember when you pitched the idea to me, I think it was, you had pitched it to me as, it was like, if Robot Chicken and, what was it, there was something else. The Masterpiece Theater, was Masterpiece it? Theater had, had a baby. Mm-hmm. And it was a very it was a very apt description, but honestly, now thinking back, I was like, this sounds more like Welcome to Night Vale. Because yeah. Carl introduced it to me, like I think, like a month after we had actually finished it. So yeah, mm-hmm. do you guys do you guys all? I, I, guys I have to it? I've yet to listen to Welcome to Night Vale, but it occurs to me that I've I've been meaning to because I, I have to, I have to, in some small way, give honor and praise to the people who said no to DashCon. Well, that's, so that's the other yes. thing is like, as I've been listening to it more and more, uh, you know, and I didn't know this going into it, but now learning kind of what the fan base is like, it's interesting because I really want to go to a live Night Vale, mm-hmm. but I'm a little bit concerned about what I'm going to find when I get there in terms of just the, uh, well, the, the Tumblr thing, you know, it's yeah, kind of the elephant like in the room. Light. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not, I mean, we don't need to sit here and, you know, talk shit about Tumblr because we can no, do no, that no, all no, day, no, but no. <laughs> yeah, that's there true. are a lot of things where you get into something not really knowing what the fan base is like, and then you kind of learn what the fan base is like, and you're like, well, I'm not going to stop liking this thing. I guess I just kind of have to power through it and you know, just ignore that side of things, but that's a fair assessment. Hmm. Like, um, yeah. I've been trying to get Jordan and Brian into uh, The Dollop. That I'm not familiar with. It's an American history podcast done by two comedians. And when... Because Liz, my girlfriend, actually pitched... uh, Like, she listens to it all the time. She listens to that. She listens to Comedy Bang Bang. She listens to um, How Did This Get Made. Yep. A lot of of Earwolf stuff. And that's, that's... I'm super into Earwolf. Because of that, yeah, no, they always get made is hilarious. Oh yeah, they make good stuff. I just started listening to, um, well, I'm listening to. It's funny I said I don't listen to the Nerdist anymore. I still there's some podcasts that I'll save for road trips just because they tend to be very long episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but two pod, other podcasts on the Nerdist network, uh, the Indoor Kids, mm-hmm. 
um, which is about video games, and just started listening to You Made It Weird yeah. with Pete Holmes. Yeah. Um, that's a great one. But We met him. You met Pete Holmes? Well, he was performing at the DC Improv. We were trying to score an interview, but we couldn't make the connection. But Liz and I still went to go see the show, ah. and we waited until everybody had you know, funneled out. He's we so like, funny. He is so tall, dude. Oh, yeah. Crazy tall. Yeah. It's, but no, it's, we got a picture with him. It was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And um, I love indoor kids. I, I, Kumail Nanjiani is, is also one of my favorite comedians. Kumail's and awesome. I just started watching Silicon Valley mm-hmm. a couple weeks yep. ago. Have you watched that show? I have. So good. I heard that show is really good. Actually. It is. Well, it's Mike Judge, so you kind of know it's going to well, be yeah. good. But. Really, re- I mean, really funny. Like, it's yeah. just such a great cast. Yep. Um, Kumail is actually kind of a small part, but T.J. Miller's character is amazing. Yes. I mean, T.J. Miller is great in anything. I have to point out that when you when you first mentioned Mike Judge, uh, Colin <laughs> visual looked, reference looked, looked, looked and winked at me knowingly yeah. because he knows that I'm the only person in, uh, in the city who liked Extract. I love I loved Extract. Oh, okay. Well, hi. Hi. How do you do? Welcome. <laughs> nice to meet you. Let's talk. You guys can leave. We're going to sit here and talk about extract Gra- now. Granted, it, w- it wasn't as, uh, I don't think it was near, anywhere near as quotable as Office Space. No, but, but it just... Had, I-, I loved how intricate, intricate and complicated the plot was. Right, and for, I... For, for a movie that's like not even 90 minutes long. Well, I love that he took Office Space and I was like, all right, I'm going to take this and flip it on its head. Because... Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, now it's it's complete reversal. It's it's yeah, a, let's, let's, let's step away from the from the entirely esoteric, uh, un, intangible world of of, of office uh, workers and put it in the very tangible world of factory workers and for some reason give a job to Ben Affleck. <laughs> um, it's funny. We were actually just talking about Ben Affleck on the ride home. Uh, anybody here see Smoking Aces? Yes. Remember that scene where he gets gunned down and that one. That one neo-Nazi brother is just like messing with his face. Give like he's having a conversation. I remember. With I I try not to think about smoking aces too too Aww. much, but um, uh-huh. I think I know I love extract because it's like well, office space is about like you know you sympathize with the employees because you know upper management are all just corrupt uh, dicks dicks. But then extract is a complete reversal. You've got this this guy who's just trying to run a business and even though he's the boss, he's the he's the down-to-earth guy who's got to deal with like all these shitty employees. So mm-hmm. and yes, the plot is very very meandering and it, and it goes places you're not expecting. Um mm-hmm. it's very related. I was um, yeah. I like how the movie uh, you know, allowed me to appreciate Ben Affleck again, and it also allowed me to appreciate uh, Clifton Collins Jr. again, which I never thought I'd do after uh, Boondock Saints. Oh, the, yeah, <laughs> but, then, but, then, but then that and Scott Pilgrim and Pacific Rim, I, I, guess, he's okay. I guess he's okay now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Crank too. Anyway, so... All right, um, actually, do you mind if I talk about some of my favorite podcasts? Okay. Yeah, I know. I want to hear what you guys listen to. The hell it is is that I, I, I've wanted to talk about this on the show before, but I, I thought it was tacky somehow to discuss more popular podcasts on our podcast. Here are shows you could be listening no, to. No, I think it's more like if you're going to do something, you should you should be excited about other people who are doing the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. No, totally. totally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's hear okay. it. I, I, say, I say my, my, my favorite uh, non-Castwave Studios affiliated podcast would have to be the Banff cast, the Bad Movie Fiends um, I mean, it, 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 it's weird that I, I still haven't really seen, uh, seen, listened to many episodes of uh, How to Get Made, but uh, but the, but I, I've I've 
I, I've, I've uh, down like all 240 episodes so far of the Banff cast. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's not exactly complicated what they do. They just, every week they watch a bad movie and then they come and talk about it. And, that's, um, yeah, that's pretty much how it is getting made. It's really, it's really hysterical. Um, I, fa- I found out about them because uh, like 100 episodes in, they brought in the guy, uh, Chuck Dowling, from the Water Cooler Films uh, YouTube channel, which I, it was one of my, uh, one of my favorite uh, early, earliest YouTube channels I ever came, I came across. He was the guy who, who told me about Troll 2. He was the guy who told me about that Can I Eat Your Pussy line from that weird shark movie. He was the one who, uh, who, who had that movie where Sophia Loren said, this, this is the, uh, the first time I've been back to this place that I left. You're just like running through yeah. like all the all the, the classic, yeah, yeah, all, all the classic, classic all the classics of, of bad movies. So, um, yeah, and, you're tearing me apart. Um, we've uh, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget I'll never forget the, the, the I, think my, I think my favorite episode of theirs is when they watched uh, Santa Buddies Two. Oh, the, oh. They, they usually prefer you know 1980s schlock action, but just occasionally let's let's watch a movie with talking gold retriever puppies in it. Aww, yeah. they, they covered like five of these by now, and my god, they were they were so sick of themselves for, for, <laughs> for subjecting themselves to the sequel of the Christmas oh, story. God. They probably had diabetes. <laughs> they talked about that. how they talked about how uh, a guy, a, a pizza delivery man, came at the worst possible time, and they they paused the, the, the they paused the movie as they were there was like a, a, a there's there's a puppy licking orgy going on, and the, <laughs> <laughs> and the pizza guy clearly thought less of these four grown men sitting yeah, around watching this all yeah, on a government watch July. list. <laughs> I'll never yeah. look at a puppy. This They're all now again. on a government watch list. Yeah, and uh, then. And, and, and so, like Chris, Christopher um, Lloyd is in it as as, as the evil uh, dog catcher named S. Scrooge, and, oh, and he, ha- he, and he lives in this warehouse that is like a dog torture uh, just fun house or something. Oh, oh, and and, and so uh, so so Mr. Dowling, Mr. Watercooler Films, try, tries to gently segue into. Into the scene in which Christopher Lloyd returns to to the to the dog torture area with uh, the dog the dog prison torture area with with his with his latest capture and he just I, I love the the, express, the, the the tone in his voice he says ah, and then Christopher Lloyd takes the puppy to Pound Town <laughs> and the other three hang there for like five seconds and then realize what he said and they almost wreck their room. <laughs> No, Chuck! No, let's be taking a pound town! Not on my watch! So, okay, so that's, uh, that's the Banff cast. <laughs> that's the Banff cast. Yeah, it sums okay. it up. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Oh, God. Okay, Rock. so we're... Yeah, I guess we're going that way. Huh. What have you been listening to? Oh, man, I'm a blank slate to podcasting right now. I'm in a big movie thing, so... It's musicals right now. Music, musicals? You're, musicals. Rock of the Ages. You really into musicals? Um... Picture show right now. Um, okay. uh, kick out. Uh, let's see. Pitch Perfect Two. Uh, uh, I'll admit I I did go see that movie. Well, I know we're gonna be talking about that more. Oh jeez. Well, not directly, <laughs> we'll get to but that in later. Context. Yeah, <laughs> context. All right. So Rocky's not much for the podcasting scene, Brian. Um, honestly, like, um, I mean, I still listen to like Hollywood Babylon, and I'll listen to you know like different things here and there. Everything that'll catch my like. Whatever will catch my eye, but I'm not really dedicated to anything. 
Funny enough, I've been watching a lot more, and I guess you could count this as a podcast, but not really as well. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Markiplier and Game Grumps lately, so like, okay, that's that's, podcasts. That counts to me, like you know. I've been watching their run on Castlevania: Sympathy of the Night, which has been really good. Um, And right now, um, there's this like brutal Mario game that both Aaron and Markiplier are on. Um, and they're playing through, and it's actually really funny. So I, I've been doing that. Um, right. So yeah, like, but it's it's cool because like I've kind of been looking for something else, and I think I've been getting some really good recommendations. Yeah, just from being can, in this room, I so. can throw out a bunch a bunch more right now. Um, like I said, I'm listening to this storytelling podcast. Uh, Snap Judgment mm-hmm. is a great one. Yep. Um, have you listened to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I almost wish that it was just the host. What's it, Glenn? Uh, is it Glenn? Campbell, or is that someone else? I think that might be somebody else. I feel like that's a, like a famous movie person. I don't know, uh, but it's, I know it's Glenn something. But yeah, Snap Judgment. I think Glenn but, Campbell's a musician. I, I think I, he's I a, was, uh, like a yeah, I think he's like a singer or something. Yeah. Um, I know it's Glenn something, but uh, Snap Judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a new one. It's only got a couple episodes. Called Invisibilia. Um, a lot of these are NPR podcasts. Yeah. So. I've, no, I kind of moved away a little bit from pop culture podcasts and more towards like shorter, mm-hmm. um, more focused, like easily digestible things. Because first of all, I don't have as long a commute, so mm-hmm. I like things that's like you know twenty thirty minutes. Which exa- that's why Night Vale is perfect because all those episodes are only like twenty minutes. Short, sweet, to the point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so that's that's part of the reason I've kind of stopped listening to to shows like um, you know Nerdist and. And yeah. podcast is it, it gets a little rambly and like I might download some comedy bang bangs for the road trip but those are all like three hours long yeah yeah, yeah. I will say I think that's why I go with the dollop because they usually go between a half hour to <clears throat> an hour funny enough <laughs> funny enough speaking about the dollop by the way I actually showed my dad that Hugh Glass episode and then we like looked it up and apparently Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in a movie about Hugh Glass yep, really. coming up here fairly soon. And then apparently also as well, there was, uh, in the, I don't know how far back it goes, but there was also a um, movie about Hugh Glass, like, I don't know, like 20 years or something like that. Like, you ever take around that range? Yeah. And uh, if you don't know who that is, just go listen to that episode. It's freaking it's insane. <laughs> Probably my three favorite episodes of the doll right now are the are Hugh Glass and to make it a very long story short, he basically got mauled by a bear, <laughs> left for dead, and basically traveled about 1,400 miles in the 1700s to kill the dudes who left him for dead. Oh, wow. and by the way, he crawled. So. Yeah, he, and he crawled with open wounds. Wow. Like, across, like, Indian-infested territory. So that is, dude that is, is a, a story. badass. Yep, there's that one. There's, uh... They call me Mr. Glass. That, yeah. Uh, what was it? There's, a. Uh, Centralia? Uh, Centralia, mm-hmm. that's one of them, which is... Uh, <laughs> the inspiration for Silent Hill, kids. Also true. Mm. And then there's the one I showed you guys the other day, um, David Hahn. Oh, oh yes, the, the, the kid who built a nuclear reactor in his... Mom's pot, potting shed. Potter, potting shed. Like, I, I, um, I, I was pleased to know that there, there, is such a, uh, there is such a building as a <laughs> potting shed. Yep. Was this, was this kid like the, uh, the kid in Better Off Dead? Who builds the rocket ship? No, no, he's like he like legit basically went. He basically was like this like really geeky kid who was like really into like chemicals and shit, and was like constantly blowing up his parents' house. So they were like, <laughs> okay, no more experiments in the house. So he went to his mom's house because his parents were divorced, 
and started doing all his experiments in her potting shed. And she thought nothing of it. She's like, oh, he's outside. So. And so he uh, found a, uh, a <coughs> diagram for a nuclear breeder reactor and started making it out of household objects. Wow. Because so apparently... This is, this is all on the, on the dollop. Yep. Yes. Okay. It's like just the you... random craziest shit from American history. Interestingly enough, you think that that demographic would be strictly American... Apparently, their like their biggest followings in Australia because they just did like a month long tour. Oh, I believe like, this in Australia, which I was like, <laughs> awesome. I, I, I believe I, I, I'm, I'm sure every other country in the world is, is fascinated to learn how stupid we are. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I, I mean, mean we've packed a lot of we've packed a lot of of uh, history into only you know three hundred years three hundred years that we've been a country. We've we've packed a lot of. A lot, a of, lot of shenanigans. Yes, we packed no, a lot no, of stupid. Technically, things. it's been two hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, let's just see. Let's see what podcasts I got on my phone right now. Um, I think I'm ready to move on from this subject. But okay, uh, mm-hmm. uh, okay well, I, I want to shout out one more time to uh, since I, since I started my my uh, more recent show, Story Mode, uh, talking about you know storylines in video games and stories about video games. It occurs to me that I, I hadn't I hadn't listened to you guys in a while, but uh, I'm I, I think I take a lot of inspiration from uh, Phoenix Down. Which is a podcast from yeah. uh, ztgd.com, mm-hmm. which is which uh, I mean, in, 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 which, <coughs> which two of the main writers uh, for two of the main video game journalists from the website, and usually some special guests, including a guy from uh, from the Banffcast, which is how I found out about them. Um, they just they all play usually an older game, maybe maybe one that they never they never beaten before, and then they just come out and talk about it. Or like their episodes on Heavy Rain, they did one on Alpha Protocol. I love the fact that they, they, they tried to squeeze two hours of material out of uh, the out of Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time. I'm sorry, no, 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 Prince of Persia, the Forgotten Sands, the the rushed movie tie-in game with right. the Prince of Persia movie. They they, they 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 made it like an hour and fifteen minutes and just couldn't couldn't talk about it anymore. So they, instead, they talked about Donnie Darko for obvious reasons. Right. My dad <laughs> bought that game. I think I saw him play it. And I was like, Yeah, I'm not going. You know, honestly, it was okay. Like it, it, it wanted so badly to be Sands of Time. In fact, that, sure. that, 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 that's the big part. But I don't know why I want to talk about this now. But okay, so obviously you had you had Sands of Time, which is which is considered an absolute classic. Oh, yeah. And then it had two, it had Two Thrones and the War Within, which were not great. Right. And then they rebooted they rebooted the Prince Persia concept by by giving the prince a bunch of fuchsia scarves and a Freddy Krueger claw, yeah. and having him voiced by uh, Nolan North. And that really that one work. really seemed weird. I so so don't then know what so then uh, Forgotten Sands is a deboot. <laughs> it it ignored the reboot and tried to slot a story between Sands of Time and the Two Thrones. And it's so it wants to be it just just wants to be Sands of Time again. It's like this worked before, didn't it? Question. Do you mean stand between Sands of Time and Warrior Within? Oh, oh, oh was that, yeah, because Warrior the Within was because like, Warrior right. Within was definitely the low point of that. Okay. That trilogy, because that's yeah, where within was like we have to get really dark and really edgy. Well, yeah, that was the problem. Is like, uh, and yeah, then they I, just made the prince a complete asshole. Yeah, well, Yahtzee explains it the best. It was like Sands of Time was the best. It was like the yeah. pinnacle. It had great writing, but the combat was kind of shit. Right. Then you go Warrior Within. They give him a Robert. You know, they give him a Robert Smith haircut. I mean, what? Who's the dude from the Cure? Yeah, Robert Smith. Smith. Robert Smith. They give him that fringe haircut. Yeah. And eyeliner, and you know, make him all growly and shit, like he's you know Christian Bale. And then, they, but they improved the combat, yeah, they, and they sort of tried to meld it together to make Two Thrones. But you're still missing some of the lighthearted comedy bit, from right? It, it, time, it worked so. a little bit better, but yeah, not much though. I will say um, one 
one more podcast that would be of, of you know more of your guys' interest uh, that I've found out through listening to Indoor Kids, which of course, if you guys aren't listening to that, should be. It's it's about video Highest games. Highest recommendation, okay. Um, but through that, because uh, one of their frequent guests on there, Brent Weinbach, uh, does a podcast called Legacy Music Hour, which is just about classic video game music. Ooh, and it wow. gets like really, really obscure. Like the Actually, one, that's interesting. I'm listening wow. to this episode today where he's talking about um, Alien Soldier, which is like a really rare from, from Treasure. From yes, from Treasure, the, uh, Gunstar Heroes. Exactly, which I, came out after Gunstar Heroes, but didn't get uh, released. I'm not mistaken. I think that game still holds a world record for most boss fights in a game. I think it was like all boss fights. Like, um, but so he was, just, and he was just playing music from that. So, like, the nice thing about that podcast is you don't actually have to have any knowledge about these games. Um, you just need to appreciate video game hmm. music. So, What's it called again? Legacy Music Hour. Right on. Wow. Legacy Music Hour. I could probably give a five-hour lecture on the DuckTales Moon theme alone. He talked about that today, like the <laughs> podcast. I was just listening to this episode. I'm not surprised. Today, and he was talking about, because this was actually on the Indoor Kids. It wasn't mm-hmm. his podcast, and he was talking about how he he won't talk about Moon on Legacy Music Hour because it's too overdone. Like it's like you know it's too high profile. He's like, yeah, we got to do more obscure stuff because everyone's everyone's covering Moon. And... Well, he'll probably wait till like a big yeah. milestone episode. To I'm do sure. Moon. So yes, you, I think you guys will definitely enjoy that. All right, that's right good. Man. All right, I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a break? We'll do a station ident, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about we'll talk about movies. Jordan has a movie he's talk, he's been telling us about for a couple of weeks now. So mm-hmm. we'll come back in a minute. Hi again, folks. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Did you know that this episode is brought to you by Castwave Studios and Think Geek? Go to castwavestudios.com slash thinkgeek and click through the shop for everything from enterprise pizza cutters to sonic screwdrivers. They really work. This helps the studio. It doesn't cost you any extra. So bookmark and go to castwavestudios.com slash thinkgeek and get your nerd on today. That's castwavestudios.com slash thinkgeek. We're back! Hey! Now, Jordan, you recently saw a movie and you were telling me that you enjoyed it a very great deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it was a good weekend for movies last weekend, I have to say. Yeah? Uh, but yeah, I, the, 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 uh, before we get to the, to the obvious big release of last weekend uh, that I'm recording, I definitely wanted to see this film before it, because I'm pretty sure this is going to be the last week of being in theaters. I want to catch uh, Ex Machina. And I was I, I I was I prepared my notes uh, under the impression that no one in this room would have seen it. But Rocky, you have seen it. I have. Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to not spoil that much because this is a movie that that uh, that certainly uh, stands on its twists very well. But there's there's so much to, to, to make fun of, really. Um, it, when I say make fun of, I mean it's it, it's a it's a good movie. Believe me, I could, you know I, I'm I like Blade Runner a lot. So any movie that this is a movie that basically addresses a lot of the central themes of Blade Runner, but instead of being, uh, you know, a futuristic neo-noir, uh, crazy Rucker-Hauer simulation, uh, this movie is a modern-day claustrophobic psychosexual drama. Hmm. Yeah. And basically... Hey, all right. The... Okay, so... Um, yeah, one of my favorite combinations of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, um, um, Oscar Isaac, uh, who will who will be in Star Wars 7, invites Donald Gleeson, who will be in Star Wars 7, to come to his, uh, 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 to his uh, secret bunker, bunker hidey hole to basically um, perform a live Turing test 
with his uh, sexy lady robot that he's invented. Hmm. And that he thinks that he's, uh, he's created true artificial intelligence and wants a, you know, an impartial third party uh, to, uh, to, say, to, try and, to try and determine if, if, this, uh, if this sexy naked lady or a robot um, is, could possibly be human. And from that uh, somewhat simple premise, um, it just it develops this really terse thriller that is still just hilariously ridiculous on on, on the on the uh, on the outskirts. Like I, I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what I should I should mention first. Um, I, I guess primarily I love the fact that okay Oscar Isaac is basically like imagine imagine um, Mark Zuckerberg as a enormous dude bro. Not too hard. It's, I, I don't know. Like, I, Mark Zuckerberg seems like kind of a skinny guy, whereas Oscar Isaac is all biceps. He's like, like, well, bro, okay. so let's let's uh, let's cut the bullshit and let's just get straight to it. How's it going, man? Have a beer. Let's blast some cars, Mark bro. Zuckerberg yeah, bro. Was, you even lift, bro. Every goddamn day, bro. Pass me the brewskis, bro. All right, bro. <laughs> and now let's bang some robots, bro. Is that is that level of of stereotypical? It, it felt that way, and, yeah. and, um, and then they started getting philosophical with, uh, you know, you mind if I ask you, bro, how exactly do you, uh, how exactly do you circumnavigate the uh, the moral uh, the moral repugnance of uh, of, of using a, a thinking, feeling, uh, a conscious entity as your own personal property, bro? Well, I'm glad you asked that, bro. You see, bro. <laughs> well, what that's I justify it by uh, by the knowledge that centuries from now. Uh, um, Artificial synthetic life forms will one day replace us as the dominant life on Earth, bro. So we can well smoke them while we got them, bro. Yeah, bro. Boosh. <laughs> yeah. That's reminding me of the uh, in Silicon Valley, the bro grammars. <laughs> yeah, and, um, that is true. And I know everyone's talking about this scene, but I love the fact that this is such a beautiful form of direction that that that. It, the audience is thinking that we're going into the scene that it's going to be this extremely heavy, uh, like confrontational scene about just uh, 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 Donald Gleason is, is going to confront uh, Oscar Isaacs with his cavalier attitude to how he treats uh, uh, his his harem of sexy robots, and suddenly dance party, <laughs> and, oh, <yeah. laughs> and, and and Oscar and his and, and his really and, and, one, and one of his, his mute sexy lady robot friend just, just just bust out into this perfectly choreographed disco like <laughs> dance floor duet both and it's so all I can say is man I really hope that that there's a blooper reel in Star Wars Seven of Oscar Isaac's doing this with three PO. <laughs> I, I gotta see that. Yeah. I wonder if Anthony. Yeah, I would love to see Anthony Daniels do that in costume. That'd be pretty funny. Uh, I'd man. be happy to see that. Yeah. But um, no, no. This, this is this is of course the it's this, it's the story of the aforementioned uh, sexy robot who. Is you know that, that that's that's kind of the issue with um, if if you if, if we were actually able to, to spontaneously create a true artificial intelligence, well, it would be an artificial artificial intelligence that's probably on extremely uh, expensive hardware, so we would highly limit what it could do and where, where what it could do and where it could go, which is already kind of tantamount to slavery. That's a good point. Yeah, and so like, <laughs> that, 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 that's that's with, that's with Blade Runner. That's how that's why despite you know, Rucker Howard, despite being a frothing madman. Who, who in the climactic battle chases a scared out of his mind Harrison Ford uh, naked through the you know, you know through the rain and, and up and down a ruined building, 
and like breaks his fingers and stuff, I'm kind of rooting for Rutger Hauer because <laughs> what what else is he going to do? Look, I look mean, at the he, life he's led. He's seen some shit. <laughs> he's he's seen attack ships on fire off the Tannhauser Gate. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you off, know that was all uh, off the improvised? Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Or after yes. Uh, I've seen sea beams, sea beams glittering in front of the Tannhauser Gate, gate and, 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 and yeah. anyway, you know, um, the uh, saline and precipitation, you know, the rest. Anyway, yeah. um, so so of course, when when uh, Ava, who is the name of the of the of the lovely lady robot, not to be confused with Ava, the artificial intelligence wow. inspired by inspired lunacy, um, <laughs> yeah, episode. Um, so it was just, I'm not going to spoil exactly how this happens, but she she. She gets. She earns her freedom, and she, uh, and she, and, and she goes to a major metropolitan area. And as she, as she mentioned, Donald Gleason, that if she were free, the first thing she would do is to go to a a busy city intersection and just watch the people. And I, I love how you, you get this really artsy shot of her of like a crowd of people throwing their shadows against the wall, and then it parts, and it's just her shadow. Uh, there, there on the wall, and I'm like, wow, this is an allegory of the cave yeah. allegory. Wow, of the cave allegory. Someone had some fun with that script, yeah, I'm sure. And so she's she's watching the the people at the intersection. You can you can clearly see that the look on her face is the same as the look on um, Dustin Hoffman's face at the end of The Graduate. She's like, wow, this is nowhere near as exciting as I thought it'd be. Oh. And it just kind of ends there, but in my head canon, I like to think that she then she, she turned around and walked into a theater and said, one for Avengers 2, please. <laughs> Man, okay, that James Spader now, he's the sexy robot this world really needs. Ooh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm sure the, the, the Ava Ultron <laughs> slash is already, I sure already so. out there. And I, I thought it. I'd buy this it. is the start of... This is Skynet. She's the one yeah, Ultron Skynet. and Ava yeah. get together and they they make Skynet together. That, that actually would explain, that would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. that actually kind of would. Let's write this shit. Get my entertainment log, folks. So beautifully. Okay, I I couldn't have said oh, it any better. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. All right, so you two saw. All right, so let me ask you a question: Is it worth going to see in theaters? Um, well, it's probably going to be gone by the time that, that we get this edited and posted. Right, and but... in all honesty, as much as I did like the movie, you don't. I don't think you. Lo- I don't think you lose much by seeing by waiting for it to come out on, on home video. Mm, okay. Um, now, the, the, now it's not a special effects extravaganza, but the special effects involved in in creating these robot bodies, like you know, when I when I say that she's naked, I mean she has skin over her face and ears, and the rest is like. Gleaming, you know, uh, glass and mesh with uh, like visible circuitry inside. So, yeah, the, I think that the chroma keying work uh, oh. for, for that must have been fantastic. Yeah, that's probably where ninety percent of the post production went into. Yeah, well, that's that sounds cool. No, but other than that, it's I wouldn't say it's like a, a full blown spectacle that you want to see on the theater. You want to see on the on the yeah. big screen. Yeah, I'd say wait till the Blu-ray. Not not like a, not like another movie. Yes. Uh, known as uh, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yes. <sighs> who, who wants to start? All right. Uh, so oh, man. Normally when we go... All right, so everybody here in this room who's talking on microphones right now has seen this film. So I think I'd like to just take around the room like we did with Avengers 2. So I guess we'll... Well, Justin, you haven't been here in a while, so we'll start with you. Justin, Absolutely. Let's, let's start with what did you like about Mad Max Fury Road? 
Uh, well, the short answer would be everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so long, favorite moment, I The I long guess. answer, well, sure, favorite moment, that's an easy one, because uh, that's probably the first thing I was going to talk about anyways. Uh, that scene when they drive into that sandstorm, just beautiful. Maybe one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a movie. Totally. Yeah. Rage Tornado? Yeah. Yeah, oh just the God. color and just the scale, you know, how the, how the, the cinematography in that movie is by the way, it was amazing. Um, and especially in that scene where the, you just see the like these huge vehicles and then they zoom out and you see just little tiny, tiny uh, little dots and then this just massive wall of, of sand. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, I mean, it was, it was just gorgeous. But really, at every moment in that film, there was something cool to look at. And what I really, really like about it is how subtle... Uh, the storytelling and the sort of the world building is um, there's really a lot going on there but it's it's absolutely none of it is is really explicated um, mm-hmm. just yeah I see what you mean there's very little exposition yeah I mean it's it, it would all that kind of Mad Max Free Road would almost work like as a silent film like as a film without dialogue at all, you could still basically get I the story. That. I noticed you know that. What? Without I'll a single line of dialogue, I'll agree with you on that. Totally. And that's right. And that's and movies are supposed to show, not tell. I mean, that's the big, uh, you know, in, in writing, that's that's a, a word that gets you get you know hammered over the head with it. But if if there's any medium uh, of of storytelling of art that really needs to adhere to the show don't tell rule, it's film. So, well done. Well done, George Miller. You showed uh, and and you gave us a lot to digest. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to see it a second time. I know. I'm, I'm going to go see it again. So, All right. So, Rage Tornado is Justin's favorite moment. Rage Tornado. So, Brian, your favorite moment. I have a bit of a confession about this movie. Um, initially, because the thing is, I hadn't... Um, it had been a long time since I had seen a Mad Max movie, mm-hmm. so I really wasn't too familiar with the source material. I mean, granted, I had seen Warriors of the Lost World, so, you know, I'm kind of familiar with, you know, that post-apocalyptic, you know, car uh, genre. You mean, you mean the, the new the new wave films out Yeah, the, so, like, days. a lot of the, that genre of film, I'm familiar with it, but I hadn't really seen Mad Max specifically uh, in a long time. Um, but really, I don't think that you needed it to go into this movie um, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, there were. If, if, if I, I'm sorry if I interject. Um, from what I understand, uh, Max's like PTSD kind of, kind of flashbacks are they they reference things that happened in the previous three movies, mm-hmm. like his, his uh, you know the, the, his wife and his daughter that he lost, right? Um, Except and, in the original, and, 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 like, and, and, and the toe cutter's son. Oh, yeah. there's a little girl. I thought that was his well. That's yeah, so. That's that a big girl. thing. Or, or is she from Thunderdome or something? Well, so that's the bi- that's uh, a lot of people are talking about that is. What is that referring to? Is that referring to his his actual wife and child, and did they just change the gender for arbitrary reasons, or is this just referring to something else that happened in his in adventures between, that we didn't yeah, see? Because the okay. kid it's was gonna, newborn. Because the thing in the is, first one. in the first film, it was he had a wife and he had a son. Yeah. Okay. I and know. a dog. No, no, dog the, was, the dog road, was warrior. road warrior. Okay, that's true. Road warrior, and then the third one, he was just on his own. And then there was like a there was a feral child. I'm oh, sorry, no, there was a feral, feral child kid in, in Road Warrior. In Road Warrior, right? But that was male. I want to say, yeah, I think so. It was male. So this has to be a kid that. So this had to be between Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome, and right, 
Right, well, I, I think that get back, gets back to the point that Brian is making, which is that you don't need to know any of that. Like, it doesn't no, I, matter. I, I, I was just leading up to uh, to, the, to the various scenes in which he comes out of his uh, out of his traumatic flashbacks, and I wanted to say, like, it's okay, Tom Hardy, you're not actually Mel Gibson. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, right. you never once referred to a police officer as sugar tits. It's, <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> hey, guys, suspense. No, I mean, that, that, that Tom Hardy... Yeah. So that's an attractive man right there. I'm, I'm terribly sorry, Brian. You're oh, fine. no, it's absolutely fine. Um, the first the first five minutes, I was just like, okay. And, like, I, I, it took me just a wee little bit to get into it. But, like, when it got going, I was just like, okay, I'm totally in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and what I think is kind of funny is how, um, like, a little thing I thought was kind of funny was how apparently it doesn't matter if you're a big, bald guy with a mask that you need to breathe in a previous movie. There will always be another bigger... Uh, balder guy with a mask to breathe that'll beat you in the face. Mm. He, so, he, he had hair, Brian. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> he was slightly balding, and there were dudes who did have masks who were bald. Mm-hmm. Like that, what? That, uh, what was it, that guy that Tony Jaw beat the crap out of in uh, The Protector. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you mean, uh, he was in Rectus. Mortal Joe's, yeah. Rectus. Remember, he's the, he's the dude who Tony Jaw just like, literally beat the crap I out of. I did not make that connection. Uh, yeah, it was him. He was like beating. Okay, so 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 that was that Rictus Erectus. Rictus Erectus. I, I saw. I, I don't recall hearing that name spoken in the movie, but I saw it in the credits. And I'm right. like, do I want to know who well, Rictus Erectus was? I mean, they definitely referred to his first name. They definitely yeah. like referred to Rictus. They, I don't think they ever Erectus came no, into play. Well, there are, apparently there are a lot of characters whose names were not brought up who just had amazing names. Like one of the uh, one of the wives was named Toast the Knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what one of the, the best fuck? names I've ever heard. To- uh, I'm sorry, I, I gotta say, toast, toast the, the knowing. knowing. Okay, that your mission, like, if you wish to accept it, is to toast the knowing. That that uh, yeah, dibs on that for like a, a that weird is, post-rock band. That is such an awesome band name. It's such a at, toast at, the knowing. At opening for Moth the uh, to Moth the Hoople. Wet the toad the, the, the wet sprocket. We've got toast the knowing. You're, you're the, I, I, I don't need to. Think of these bands. You're here, Justin. Yes, uh, that's what I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm here with. Rocket. All right. So, all right. So, Brian, your favorite moment was. Oh what? my God. Um, anytime that that guy on the uh, bungee cord with the guitar was on there, oh, I was like, that. dude, oh, yes, no, yes, right? I totally. Want, I want a prequel movie just about him. That... I, I'm not joking. I want them. We are start. I don't care if we have to start a petition for this. I want yes. the guitar slave prequel movie. By the way, do you know what his character's name is? Uh, no. Hoop something? Coma Doof Warrior. Coma Doof Warrior. By the way, Can I, say I, something? Doof Warrior. I just want to point this out. This is how much I love the movie that I've actually gone ahead and, and looked up all these characters' yeah. names because I need to know it. Did you know that that fucking flamethrower guitar was actually it was fucking, fucking real? real. <laughs> Almost like, everything in that movie yeah, is real. It was like That's what's amazing. 80-20%, like, most of it was practical effects and, like, they threw in just a little bit of CGI, which was fucking phenomenal yes i know i, I, I think it. we're in this renaissance age of where everybody's like okay we've had our fun with cgi like you know you've, you've had your phantom menaces and whatnot now like a lot of filmmakers nowadays are just like dude let's go back to practical exactly like, we don't need to cocky the screen with computer <laughs> effects let's just yeah tastefully just tasteful yeah yeah Place it in the, the um like yeah you know we were at the alamo draft house watching this and they have a very strict like no talking during the movie policy but I wanted to break it just so I could just be like, that is so fucking metal. No, I know. Yeah. Like, oh my, like, I know I said that the, the Sandstorm was my favorite part, but that's my favorite character. And every person in that movie theater, with the, 
that I saw it in, every time that guy came on screen, yeah. everyone's cheering. There's also, like, you know, <laughs> under, there's, a, there's a lot of really cool characters in this. One of the more notable ones for me, he doesn't really have much in the movie that he does, but, you know, freaking um, gold, gold nose McDuffie Oh, the pee plater? Oh, yeah. The pee plater with the, with the, uh, the yeah. nipple? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like J.P. Morgan with nipple clamp holes yes. in his triple, triple breast <laughs> and I love, I love that they don't really like, draw attention to it, to the fact when he's, like, rubbing his, his things. I mean, they... Because they... it's not like... It doesn't, like... You know, it's, nobody's like, is this okay. weird? Like, it's not we like talk the focal about this? point, but it's clearly like there. It's one of those. It's um, mm. one of my new favorite Chekhov guns is that guy's elephantiasis. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. They just suddenly mention that. Oh yeah, he has he has a giant elephantine foot. Means and, he has, means he has a heavy foot. <laughs> and that that, pay, and that pays off at a crucial moment later. Yes. It really does. And like when he yeah he's like I the character designs like. They look like Cenobites from, like, Hellraiser, some of these. The Half-Lights, right? Yeah. Just the... uh, Amazing. What did you guys think of uh, Bullet Farmer, where he pulled a bullet out of his tooth? That was That was pretty fucking bad. That was... No, that... He was wearing, what do you call that thing, Uh, a a dashiki made of, like, uh, 357 rounds? Yeah. (laughs) I think my favorite line of his in the entire movie is after he got blinded. Oh, yeah. Like, like he ties up, he like he ties his eyes, he binds his eyes up, and he just pulls out twin Uzis at Kimbo. He just yes. says, "I am the scales of justice." Yeah, that was fucking great. I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing? You can't even see." That's does no. it matter? No, it doesn't. Does it matter? Um. Okay, so yeah, let's keep going. Rocky, let's keep going. Favorite on. moment. Oh, you guys named some of my favorite moments. Sorry, like the air guitarist. Oh my god, I that couldn't. was badass metal, definitely. Um, Fucking metal, fuck, dude. I think one of the top favorites was um, Morton Joe. I'm glad they brought that guy back, Toe Cutter, from the first yes. one. I thought that was really great. I wouldn't have had anybody else. I mean, I thought that was really good. They brought him in there. He was a great bad guy. Um, yeah, the vehicles were so yeah. awesome. Like, oh, yeah. The fucking, like, the, am, I, the, am I mental? Is the vehicle that he's driving at the beginning of the, uh, that Max is driving at the beginning of the film, isn't that his special force pursuit vehicle from, like, that was, Road Warrior? It, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it or was. at least a very close proximity to it? Well, uh, it was pretty uh, close. That, that, that's the hell of it, is that, is that I barely had enough time to to, uh, to digest that vehicle, and it was already gone. Right, he loses it right away. I know, that, but that, that was, it was missing a, few, a tank in the back, but it, it was. It definitely. looked almost identical. It was. Yeah. It was. Okay, yeah, what I was, was the, so what pissed was the, when that thing got rolled. I was like, mother. It was like a Corvette, and it had fucking, like, there was a vehicle was like in there. A, it was like a Corvette, but it had fucking, like, tank treads on it. Yeah. yeah I was like, that's fucking that was cool. awesome. No, it's it was like, it was like seeing, like, an episode of Junkyard Wars or something. Oh, my God. Totally. Taken to its logical, like, extreme. Maybe they had it, it was like, that it. meets BattleBots. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, well, exactly. Like, it, it, like, it was that car, and it, like, it had an engine that was, like, three sizes too big for it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but I mean, it was awesome as fuck, though. That's... There, it, that is art right there. I, I mean, know. just the way... Just the music. Music. Oh what did you guys think of the music, too? It was oh, very yeah. instrumental, orchestra, and everything. Like that. that yeah, like, that was great. And then, yeah. and then every now and again, you know, Duke would come out of right. the park. Right. Like, no, and I love how they incorporated it into the soundtrack. And then... Thank you. And I love how they actually incorporated him into the action at one point. Yep. Yeah. Can somebody explain something? Uh, when they went into battle, they were spraying the silver stuff in their face, their mouths. They were, huff, they were yeah, huffing, was huffing chrome paint. Chrome paint, okay. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe to dull their pain because because they, they, the half lifes are they're called that and and they're they're marked and they're given some like second class citizenry as such because they're born with 
like uh, tumors poisons? or is some condition that is going to dramatically shorten their life. So yeah. let's use them as religious zealot uh, kamikaze troops. Yeah, and Which that's, I felt that's that, clever. That, that, they explained something. You remember in the third Road Warrior or the second one, they had the guys in the front dangling. Right. I'm glad they explained that. They had the IV connected yeah. to those. Yes. Right, and that, that explained just, that. that just, I was wondering about that. Right there, that's a great example of how that that lore is is not spelled out. It's it's yeah. there. You kind of piece it together yeah. mm-hmm. from the context. And and when and when the uh, when when the one half like guy Nux, I think his name was, he, he was he was played by the guy who was who was Beast in the uh, in the more recent X Men yeah. films. Um, when, and I love the scene in which they explain that yeah he has two 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 giant tumors that are like punching through his shoulder and right. they're slowly killing him and in the same beat he mentions that I noticed they have little smiley faces yeah, yeah. Right. And he named them Larry, like, and Larry. Names, Barry and Larry yeah. I was like are they going to address that are they going to address that he's like tattooed or sharpied something on there and like sure enough he like does. five seconds later it's like there's, oh by the way there's best friends right and that's that's what's the most um, amazing thing to me about the movie is that. That's the character. Nux is the one who has the most significant, like, emotional arc of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing how uh, how George Miller humanizes even the the like roving homicidal, yeah, the, you know, the, 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 the psychopathic uh, guy who's who's who's, who's uh, painted to be like a skeleton. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 something that almost no action movie ever does. Where like even the cannon fodder, the you know the the grunts, the expendable grunts, they have stories, and like you see that they have relationships with mm-hmm. each other, and that they have th- that they like care about each other, and and have motivations, and that's that's from a storytelling uh, mm-hmm. perspective, is really cool. Can we talk about Charlie Stern's name, by the way, in this movie? Okay, I I cannot. I, I finally went. I, I I was really bored at work today, so I mentioned on Facebook how ever you know one one of the smaller things that I think about in this movie is that. I, I just I just imagine Hermione waving her uh, wand around, going Imperator Furiosa. I, yes, <laughs> I saw that status. Um, but yeah, um, everyone is talking about her character, and I, I gotta admit, yeah, um, I, I feel like weirdly enough, like maybe maybe I'm just too much of a dude, but I feel like there there isn't anything I would say is like utterly revolutionary about this character. But yeah. I will say that this movie is pretty much her story. Oh, yes. yes. And, and Mr. Rokitansky is ba- is literally along for the ride for the first third of this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I know, th- I know, th- I guess, I don't know whether we want to talk about that controversy, controversy um, but it's a pretty, you know, notable thing to talk about um, how this movie has... You know, really riled up the the men's rights activists and oh, all the sake. all the, the horrible internet misogynists. Wait, which this is a thing. Were you not aware that this was a thing? No, no I wasn't. Not I wasn't. Then we should talk about it. Well, should, I, I, I've heard I've heard of it, and it was where I first heard the 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 uh, acronym MRA, That's which, surprising. Which, I, which I thought stood for Meals Ready to Eight. I thought that was a staph infection. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I, I guess I'm more well versed in the the whole MRA so, thing. Okay. So do me a favor. Explain. Um, do I need to explain what an MRA is, or can mm, I, I mean, can I, I bypass what, that part? Readers Digest that shit. Right. Yeah, Wikipedia that okay, shit. Ima- imagine the the, the the guys who call all women feminazis. Yeah. I yeah. think that basically covers it. There you go. Okay. Um, cool. So apparently, l- MRAs are like really pissed off about this film, and they're like calling everyone to boycott this movie. <sighs> Uh, because they're like, this movie is secretly feminist propaganda, and we've been tricked 
into seeing a feminist film. Oh my god, blow it out your ass. The female characters are slaves who don't want to be slaves so much. Right, because they're like, it's the movie's called Mad Max, so why is it why is it her story? And like why isn't it all about him? It's you know because we've had three fucking movies where it's just been him. Right, but that's that and also because it made it more interesting. It was the right choice for both the character for the movie. Not to <clears throat> men, not to mention the uh, the director said that you know look we we kind of put Mad Max on the back burner because you know nobody's going to top Gibson so we wanted to put more focus on other characters. Well, and I just, <clears throat> I just want to point this out. Mad Max is Mad Max's story, the story of the original Mad Max. That was put to sleep by the end of the first film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. His 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 main story arc explaining his backstory and all that crap. That's done. Yeah. I haven't we, seen Beyond Thunderdome, but I, I actually I, I bought Road Warrior when we came back home, and I watched that last night. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. And yeah, it's 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 a it's a man with no name kind of story. It's like right. uh, you know yeah. a gruff a, a gruff <laughs> lone, a lone plains drifter come you know finds himself in a situation between two warring uh, factions, and he and he reluctantly helps out the one that's less douchey. Yeah, but like that's yeah, the, that that backstory, yeah. that yeah, trauma, there's... you have to you have to from a storytelling perspective, you have to move past it and have him move on to other things or else you end up with like you know uh, Death Wish where Charles Bronson like seven movies where he's, he's rehashing the same yeah. emotional yeah. trauma yeah. in every and single I, movie actually, the third one by the way yeah. I, would agree, I would totally agree yeah, it was. this basically and like you take the same movie because in, in essence Jordan you're right like this this ba- this film is basically this like a continuation of say the good the bad and the ugly that mm-hmm. sort of archetype character yeah and if you think about it, if you t- if you went to one of these people and it was like, "All right, do you like the good, the bad, and the ugly?" It's like, "Yeah, fuck, man, Clint Eastwood's cool as shit in that movie." It's like, it's the same fucking movie, right? What they're upset about is, I mean that that's the the main thing, but also they're seeing these these the way these um, kind of sexist tropes that have been part and parcel of action movies for pretty much as long as a genre has existed, and they're being thrown out. They're being revolutionized and turned on their head in such a way that basically every action movie from this point forward is gonna have to is gonna have to address that. And it, this movie really is a game changer. I mean, if you look at the I fact that I think a really big one, and I, I I didn't realize this myself. I you know I read this in an article that was kind of running down. Um, it was basically like a list of like the most interesting ways in which this movie Mad Max. Fury Road subverts sexist tropes, and the biggest one is that it's a movie about sexual slavery where there's no sex, which is a really fascinating thing if you think about it. Because the first time you s- were introduced to the wives is after they've already escaped. So in any mm-hmm. other, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a scene like like Mad Max is coming across a mirage of these. There's six beautiful women, right? And it's like a chiffon, Playboy scene, yeah, in like in like wearing chiffon bikinis. And they're hosing themselves down with milk, right? Oh. And I'm like, oh. I'm thinking myself, like, wow, this is really crass and exploitative, right? I, 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 and I, then I, like, I thought I heard this movie was not going to do stuff right. like uh, that. But then, like, a, two seconds then, later, and then one of, them, one of them's very pregnant, yeah. And then, then Mad Max starts uh, threatening them with a sawed-off shotgun, <laughs> yeah. But like, then wait, uh, I wasn't they end up, you know, they fight back against him, and uh, also the thing with the pregnant woman, the, you know, the scene where she like throws herself out of, you know, puts herself in front of the line of fire and uses her 
mm-hmm. you know, her status as a pregnant woman as basically a weapon, you know, as a way to... Well, yeah, knowing that, you know, she's carrying the prize that right. Immortan Joe wants. Right, the fact that, you know, we're, we kind of tend to think of, like, a pregnant woman is is vulnerable, is, can, is a victim, is something that needs to be protected, and she's using her pregnant belly in order to protect someone else. Yeah. She, she's using that status quo to play against it, basically. Exactly, and that's, that's really is, cool. You know, um, so that brings me back to one of my other favorite scenes in the movie, um, and it's the one where Max is trying to to get the shot, take the shot with the sniper rifle uh, against the bullet farmer, and he like misses three times, and then he just you know hands it over to Furiosa, and is just like, yeah, Mad Max is a is a total G. He he, if someone's a better shot than him, he's not gonna like, oh, I'm macho, I gotta make the shot. No, he's gonna hand it to someone who's a better shot. Here, you try this. Like, so yeah. Yeah. I, I, and that's the sort of thing that, that mm-hmm. the MRAs are pissed right. off about. Well, did you guys ever compare it to Waterworld? <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to find dry land. We're trying to find wet There's, yeah. <laughs> Am I Mango? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. We've we, we, we mentioned so many good points, but uh, I wonder if, uh, you know, if uh, Mr. Miller, uh, he, I understand he's 70 years old now. Mm-hmm. 69. And, wow, and, uh, man, I don't I, 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 Imagining someone like that making a movie like this, mm-hmm. whereas Gary Marshall is giving us, you know, Valentine's Day and stuff like that. <laughs> but okay, so I wonder if Mr. Miller is like, you know, I, I'm finally at that age where I realize that there's something that needs to be seen in movies like this that no one else will, that no one else will do. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a retinue of Commando grandmas. And yes. they are going to dome motherfuckers with, with hunting rifles. That was bad. And, thin, and yet one of them still gets raked across the throat with a chainsaw. Right. Let's make it happen. Right. They're yeah, they're not like That's spared right. from the violence. Like yeah, they yeah. are they're choosing to take part of it and they're gonna suffer the consequences. Yeah, same exactly. as the men. Like that's that's what pe- that's what they're you know. you know, they're 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 cool, they're wise, and they don't take any shit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, like I, she's got like like what's her name? Uh, I forget her who the character is, but she's got like a horticulture you know kit in a bag. Right. Yeah. She's got, the, the, like, the women in this movie stand for hope. Yes. yes. Like you know right, they, because they, be, 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 because they're bringing children into this horrible world, and they, and that that's the reason why they tried to escape. Right. They, and there's a recurring question: you know, who, who killed, killed the world? The, world? the answer: men. You know, we we kind of suck in this universe. <laughs> We do, but you know, Max. Max is. Uh, we We're got sorry. Max. We got Nux. It's not like, it's not like the movie is just a total indictment of men. It's these values that, uh, you know, Morton Joe and People Eater and Bullet Farmer and all these people stand for. That's that's the old way. Well, one last thing I wanted to mention is that um, I, I feel like if, as much as this movie is a celebration of practical effects, and, and you know, and thank heavens for that. Um, one thing that CGI effects can do really goddamn well, do something that I honestly thought, I've seen so many examples of that I honestly thought were impossible. Have a character who's missing an arm without having an actor who is actually missing that arm. I have, I, 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 my mind spills over with uh, movies in which they try to depict somebody who's missing an arm, like, say, um, Star Wars, Empire, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. You know, Luke's, after losing his, his hand, his... Right sleeve gets weirdly longer, yeah. And then before you before you even realize it, he's just getting a sweet new cybernetic hand that looks identical to his old one. And like in Return of the Jedi, they had to have him inexplicably wear a black glove over just that hand 
to say, hey, remember, guys, this is this is metal. I'm I might be I might be turning into to a to a cyborg death machine just like my father because I'm wearing a black glove. See, right? And notice <clears throat> notice in the, the Star Wars trailer, they've just lost the glove. Yeah, they, they, they lost yeah, the Star Wars trailer. Robot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or how about like okay? So you can, speaking of Charlie Theron, Arrested Development. When 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 the when the, the dumbass Bluth kid lo- uh, loses a um, uh, not 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 Scott Pilgrim the, the the other the other dumbass Bluth kid loses his hand and again he has right. this, he has this to a, giant to a loose conical pr- uh, uh, hook thing that's clearly Buster. slipped over his yeah Buster Buster is clearly slipped over his fist um, the the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies in which uh, when you see, you see Kirk oh, Connors right, right. Dylan uh, what, 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 what's the actor's name I don't recall but he, he his arm is clearly just in his shirt. <laughs> in front of his stomach, like, dude, put it behind your back and don't and don't get filmed from that side. It, it, right. it, how hard is this? That's a good point. I didn't even think about that because now I'm realizing that at no point in I don't at least I don't think at, at any point in Mad Max did they actually like explain how she lost the arm and where she got that. it. Exactly. You don't need we, George Miller realizes we don't need the exposition. Mm-hmm. It's good enough that we see it and it, we see that it works. It, 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 maybe a, we can have a prequel. Or we have a prequel. I think there is going to be one. And she has, she has a really a really sweet looking prosthetic that still looks fragile from certain from certain angles. Compare that to uh, Bruce Campbell's uh, prosthetic. <laughs> right, he's just stuck a chainsaw. Fully articulated. No, no, no. I mean, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Oh, yes. Blacksmith makes him a fully articulated cyborg hand out of a, out of a ward cestus. Right. <laughs> uh, do I, should I even should I even sully this room by mentioning I know who killed me? Where Lindsay Lohan's character is missing both an arm and a leg, and ha- and how did they get around that by having black dude in a, in a in a canary a canary suit come literally out of nowhere and say, "Here's your free cyborg arm and leg." Plus, like, plus I'm giving you this glove that that is a latex glove is patterned after your exact skin tone. You can wear over it. Fortunately, cool, huh? I've not seen that. You, you you have to charge the leg uh, every night, but not the arm. Well, we Why could not? talk about. I mean, we could talk <laughs> about uh, in in Kingsman the the chick with the knife yeah, legs. Nice knife mm-hmm. feet, yeah. But knife legs. I wonder. Is, is yeah. Is this is this going to be like a whole untapped you know movie well, it's, thing of of weird prosthetics? The thing is, at this because well, that's the thing is, you can tell. No, actually, I'm Wait, sorry. I was say you can tell. This is, and I guess now, we'll, since I think we've, unless you have any others. I don't know, I think I, um, we, we, we've gone a long way, so it's your, it's your floor, man. Well, I mean, here's what's beautiful about Mad Max Fury Road, is that so many films use computer graphics nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can, I don't think there is a, mo- a blockbuster film that doesn't utilize them at one point or another. This is the first movie in so many years that I've seen where... It is extremely difficult to see where the seams are. Oh, yeah. Like, for instance, Jordan, going back to your point, Charlize Theron's robot prosthetic arm. I mean, obviously, that shit comes off at, like, three or four different points in the film. Yeah. And all you see is a nub. You, I mean, it's obviously green screened out. The chroma key in this movie... There, there isn't a lot of green in this movie, so maybe it, it, wasn't, it isn't that hard to chroma key, at, chroma key it out. I mean, it, I mean and that's true, but I'm just... <coughs> I'm saying in the sense that... Like its articulation, obviously she's using. A, she's still got a green screen sleeve over her arm, and they're merely just mapping the articulation of the robot hand to her actual hand. Yeah. But again, you can't tell the difference. It's so no, it's it, so it, incredibly tuned to it. It Doesn't break the immersion. No, it doesn't, and that's what's awesome about it. And 
I swear to God, the cars in this movie. Oh, so I was so. I have not been so pissed about a car getting trashed in a film since uh, Daniel Craig rolled that Aston Martin in Casino <laughs> Royale. I was like, no, run Eva Green over. That car's too beautiful. <laughs> no, but they lose. They lose that Special Forces pursuit car, and I was that. I'm, I'm with you, Rocky. That car is like almost exactly like the car from Road Warrior, and that car is so beautiful. And we lose it the first ten minutes. We lose it in the first minute. <laughs> yeah. But they oh. use it later in the chase, which <sighs> still got destroyed. Oh god. <laughs> Reminding yeah. me. Yeah, I just I love all the different factions too, like how they all have their own different way. like the guys in the canyons the who canyon. like yep. swoop over and drop the bombs. Yep. And oh, I know, yeah. The guys on the poles the, the who pole swoop cats. over the pole cats. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you at at, at any point just in this movie, when they have the sticks with the bombs on the end, did you just not want to stab into the theater and go, This is my boomstick! <laughs> kind of reminded me of Speed, if you think about it. All the action. Also good. Oh, man. But, no, um, one of my other favorite moments of that film, and I'm. is, uh, remember when they, like, he goes off, like, they, they've knocked the bullet farmer's car out of commission for, like, a moment. And he walks, and Sam, and, uh, not Sam, uh, Max walks off to, uh... Sam and Max! Oh, yeah, he just, walks, just walks off with a gas can. I'm sorry, I still wanted that dog from Road Warrior to be called Sam. Yep. It's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't think he had a name. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, he walks off with nothing but a gas can, he's just like, she's like, we're, like, well, what do you want us to do? He's like, just, if I don't come back, just leave. Yeah. They're like, what? You're gonna sacrifice yourself for us? And like, well, I mean, let's think about it. He's kind of already, you know, dead on the inside. Do, does he really care at this point? He's just waiting to die at this point. I mean, because yeah. that's, that's the saddest thing about this film. He has nothing to live for. He still goes out and he does all these things. It's just, But he's really, Max as a character is just waiting to die in this hellhole. Right, and that's, I think that's exactly why it has to be, ultimately the focus has to be on someone else. Exactly. Because he doesn't have an arc. He can't have an arc because... His arc ended in the first he film. Has, his motivation is nothing more than to wander yeah, and keep going. He's, he's Kane in Kung Fu. Exactly, which is great for a TV show, not great for a movie. No. So they, it's smart to, like, we need someone who has an arc, has motivation, uh, and has something to lose. Yeah. Right, so, which I'm glad they stuck with Imperiosa. But, uh, um, Furiosa, sorry. Imperio Furiosa. Imperiosa Furiosa. Yep. Swish and lick. But, uh, yeah. My favorite... My favorite scene in the entire film is when he goes off to fight the bullet farmer. You just see him start spraying wildly with the Uzis. And then you see an explosion in the background. And then nice. you see him walk back carrying, like, this huge bag full of guns. Inventory full. I'm just like... Right. It's like it's all off screen. And then I was like, just, you're not going to show us... I mean, okay, fine. You're not going to show us what happens. That's fine. Just, and, and it works somehow. You're like, I want to see that deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping... It I was bet that's a, in there. I, I'm sincerely hoping it was just a deleted scene. Can, but, I, yeah. can I talk about another thing in this movie real fast before we move on to the next topic? Uh, I love the color saturation in this movie. Yes, like yeah. I love how brown everything is in the beginning, and I love like, like you know when it's nighttime, just how blue everything is. Yeah, it, and, and it, it looked really day for nighty, which normally I don't go for, but I think it's. I loved it. The thing they're going for here is that during. I mean, that's the thing in a desert. Sun's out. You're you're burning. Sun's out. Guns out. Yeah, yeah. Sun's out. You're burning. You know, the sun's down, it can drop to nearly freezing temperatures depending on, you know, what location you're in. 
And unfortunately, in the sun, I mean, I'm not sure of Australia's like low temperatures when the sun's down. But uh, and again, because again, this is still set in Australia. So oh oh, one quick thing. Um, they, they 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 keep referring to fuel as guzzoline. Yeah, and I I, ser- I, ser- I went the whole movie thinking that it was uh, that was just some some uh, cute slang term for it, and then I, I watched Road Warrior with the, with the subtitles on, and no, I'm, they're just saying gasoline. It's just their Australian right. accents. There's so much um, slang in this oh, movie. Oh, 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 one last, I'm just, I'm just sorry. There's so much to talk so, about. So, I know. So, so the, the, this is the first time I've ever been to an Alamo Draft House, and you, you've been you've been wanting me to come for a long time, and I, I've been resistant because it is a bit of a, a journey from here, and I don't drink, and I thought that that was actually going to be kind of a, a big uh, element of the of the experience. Not really. Uh, no, no uh, they have free refills on soda. Oh yeah. Re- regular regular theaters do not have free refills on soda, nor do they bring them to you. Oh yeah, so, it's, they're they're just all about making the experience more. I remember thinking that that it's going to be such a distraction to have to deal with with uh, with a waiter while I'm watching a movie. Um, I was so riveted to this film, I got my sandwich and two refills without even realizing he had been there. They're good. They're yeah. good. They're good they at the job. Literally sneaking. They're like out. movie ninjas. Yeah, they're, they much. are movie ninjas. And of course, I had, I had to sign off on the bill. And put in a tip and everything, and, and I and you're just like, not the, looking, the last like, thirty, the last they bring it to you like thirty minutes before the end of the film, and I could not afford to take my eyes from the screen long enough to fill out this bill. This is true. I had to like nudge That's him a good and endorsement like, for this movie. Yeah, like literally, the the waitress, you literally there is literally no moment where you yeah, like want to stop watching. The waitress came by twice. Brian and I had already paid our bill. She came by two more times to check on him. And he was just like watching the screen. He didn't even acknowledge the fact that she was there. Yeah. She just walked off. I think, yeah, I think this movie I like really though. it's so good. It really brought out it. something like you know, like childlike in me, where I'm like, where I'm just so just mesmerized. I think it's been a while since I've seen a movie where mm-hmm. I was that just, you know, my eyes wide and my, I'm just like I can't look away. Yes, this is. I, totally you know, agree. And because be, there's been so many of these huge spectacle movies that we've become desensitized to us and it was like George Miller like reached through the screen and just slapped you across the face and is like pay attention god damn it this is the <laughs> this is the magic of cinema right here and you're going to appreciate it and you're like yes sir <laughs> so that's 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 like, that's I'm, my last like, on yeah, it. yeah no it, that's actually I don't think you I don't think you could get any a better description than that right yeah. now so and apparently there's a, uh, there's already a sequel. Mad coming. Max Five has been announced. I'm yes. I'm ready for it. I'm, yes. I want to go see. I want to go see that movie mm-hmm. again, like yeah. right now. Yeah, we, we, I we, see we, we will not allow ourselves to be defeated by Pitch Perfect Two. Damn you! You know what? Honestly, I don't really. Uh, it was only the first weekend. Yeah, and to be fair, I, I mean, think the momentum. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's the thing. To be fair, you though, know what? It, it almost made its entire budget back in its first. In, and I'm talking its U.S. budget. It almost made its U.S. Yeah. Bu- in its U.S. opening, and I think it's worldwide. Actually, no, combined worldwide and U.S. openings, it almost made its entire budget back in the first three days. You know what this thing about this movie is? I think that this is going to be one of those movies where, like, initially people are going to be kind of reluctant to see it. But I think it's going to be one of those movies like Pirates of the Caribbean one, where word of mouth is going to get oh, a yeah. lot of people. This is going to be very much worse. That's yeah, why. That's, that's how we we were convinced to go see it because we were all skeptical. Everybody was telling me, "Dude, Everyone this is like skeptical. a gate. This is like you need to see this." And yeah. I was like, "All right, like, whatever, whatever, whatever." Right, right. I res- I resisted up until <laughs> I was the, the week of the movie that came that it came out, and still on the fence. And I'm just like, "Wow, ninety eight percent Rotten Tomatoes!" I'm like. 
shit, gotta be okay. something there. And then when the second and third one come out, you're like, ah, uh, no, no, it's terrible. Also, did anybody else just enjoy the fact that I know it's it's a Mad Max film, but did anybody else enjoy the fact that like Tom Hardy only has like a handful of lines in this entire film? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just added to the mystique of the character of just how far he has fallen from Mad Max, the first film, to now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the, this movie kind of sort of pulled a, uh, a, a Crispin Glover on us. Uh, I, mean, I mean, because they, they hit his face for a really uncomfortably long period of time. Mm. Uh, like, for, first he had that wild mane of hair and a beard and yeah, you know, that was shaven off. And then, the he, then he has a, then he, he tries to escape, but the camera is never in his face. It's like it's like a first person sort of escape. Yeah, yeah. And then he then he becomes uh, someone's blood bag and basically just just gets it, the it, 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 it becomes, it becomes a, a, a living IV stand and he gets a, he gets a, a freaking grill put on his face. I don't yeah. know what the point of that was. Well, that's well, that's to keep what him I from biting. I guess I think yeah. so. Or just you know to keep he's and, flying. And he, and he has, he's he like, there's probably a lot of bugs flying yeah. into his face. Mm-hmm. And the thing stuck on his on his face for a good a long 30, time. 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think... By the, by the way, was anybody else, like, legitimately, like... I mean, yes, he's gonna be in the movie, but, like, were you, like... Did you completely forget about that? We're just like, I'm legitimately worried that, like, the car's gonna roll over and he's gonna smash or something. Cause, I like, was really curious, yeah, like, what was, was gonna happen to him. There was a legit sense of danger. Oh, yes, guy. and I gotta... But like, I gotta say, I re- that's something I really like about Tom Hardy, is that, like... He's a, like he's a really good looking dude. Like he's a very attractive man, and he's totally has no ego about that. Like he's totally willing to have his face covered up. And and this is something we talked about, like with like with Prometheus and a lot of and a lot of you know movies where people wear helmets or masks. We're like, no, my pretty actor's face. Yeah, they yeah, need to see they it. Rip that fucker off in the right. earliest as soon possible as they opportunity. Get to, yeah. yeah, and, and Tom Hardy is like, I don't care. You can cover me my right. face up with a mask. Tom Hardy's the only most recent example of that. The last one I can honestly remember Dread. was yeah, Dread and mm-hmm. Carl Urban. Yes, right. And he would not yeah. take the mask. Carl Urban's like, you've all seen Priest. You know what I look like. Yeah. <laughs> so I, lo- I like Star that. Trek. You all know. Fuck off. So I, I like I, that. I think it's funnier if, I, if, if the first movie I think of is Priest. Yeah. It's the Carl Orman. God, not 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 Lord of the Rings. No. Fair enough. Yeah. So should we uh, should we do all some right. of these? All right. So now, okay, man. We've come Quiz to questions. the final. We've come. We've come to the final segment of the episode. Jordan's going to try and stuff us all with some uh, some movie quotes. We're going to play movie quotes. The game. Bring it. All right, Rocky's excited because Rocky actually missed out on our inaugural round of this. And Justin, I mean, obviously you missed out on it too. So Jordan's going to go ahead and start off, I think, where we left off. Of course, uh, the first time I did this, um, I I gave uh, you, Colin, first refusal because you you, you were the official challenger. Uh, So Mm -hmm. this this time, I guess if you know, just raise your hand or something and I'll I'll put you out. I need a buzzer or something. The rules have changed, but the game remains the same. Are you you guys ready? Mm -hmm. These are... Uh, fairly obscure movie quotes, and I'm going to see if you guys can name that movie in one line. No phones, no cheating. You ready? Mm-hmm. Ready. Okay, I'll start you off with a really simple one. I think I have a superhero stalker. Colin? Super, uh, Spider-Man. Thank you. Yeah, damn you. First Sam, I'm sorry. First Sam Raimi Spider-Man. 2002, actually. Yeah, I'm just going to say right now, I know I'm going to get destroyed by this, but it's just, it's just fun to play. Yeah, oh yeah, no, totally. Such mm. a landline. Land um, okay, Here, here's an oldie but goodie. Tell me of your homeworld, Usul. That's Dune. Justin, congratulations. Yeah, I got on the board. Pretty much every line from Dune is. If it's quotable, Dune, I'm probably gonna but, get it. But, but 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 between that and mood is a thing for cattle and love play, those two have stuck in my mind more than anything. See, I'm surprised I didn't so remember out that of, one. 
So uh, now we're show, um, me the waters, was, show me the waters. This, of this your one's home. really that hard. I'm gonna skip line. that. Okay, I'll give you a hint. This this is the app, the all time favorite movie line of Mr. Chris Sims, who is one of my favorite writers online. He writes for Comics Alliance. So you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Oh. Uh, Anybody? I have. No that is a. I think that is a Sam Jackson quote, if ever I've heard one. Well, I understand why you think that, because the word motherfucker is in there somewhere. But alas, no. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Jackie Brown? No. Okay. All right, can we get the actor? All right. Wesley Snipes. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. Demolition Day? Demolition, Demolition Man? Man? Sorry. Demolition Man? So it's not Demolition Man. Ah. Hmm. Uh, Oh, what was that one movie he was in with, um... I mean, it's not Blade. No. I know that. Um... Wait, actually, it was it one of the... It might be one of the Blade films. Wait, wait, wait. Is, is it? it? Is it Blade? Hold on. Is it The Last Boy Scout? No. Shit. Is it That's Blade? I'm pretty sure that was Sam Jackson in that, not Wesley Snipes. Oh. Was it? Never mind, it was a terrible guess. Is it Blade? It's Blade. <laughs> yeah. It was Blade? I yeah. thought I thought for certain when I said that it was a Comics Alliance guy that might have and Wesley Snipes that might have winnowed it down a little bit, but no, it's Blade. Yeah, no, we dropped I the ball on that one. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to. Sunscreen. What can I say? Some motherfuckers <laughs> always trying to ice skate uphill. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that was actually right, an appropriate it's right, play. Right, it's right. He's, tra- he's, he's about to kill uh, Stephen. What's his face? Isn't that where he's like? He's uh, about to throw that needle into his head. I think so. Yeah. 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 I know. I, anyway. I, I remember that. All right. Next. Next. Okay. Part. How about? Guess you won't be going to that hat convention in July. Oh, God. Yes? Um. Gone? Uh, <laughs> I, I want to, it's, the thing is, I, it's probably wrong. Is it Joe Pesci that said that line? No. Damn, I thought it was eight heads in a double bag. Mm. Uh, You're on the right track, though. Oh. Anyone else guess you won't be going to that hat convention? That sounds in, so familiar. In July. Not, 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 not the, not the Mar- not the January hack convention, not the Magfest of hack conventions. The hack convention in July, <laughs> the Oticon of hack conventions. Oh, okay. okay. Um, hey, would you like to know the actor who said it? Sure, sure. Bruce Willis. Hudson Hawk. Thank you. Uh, it's going. Yeah, my. No, because if it's a shitty line, Ar- and it's Ar- Bruce Willis. Yeah, if it's yeah, a really it's cheesy, Hawk, yeah. shitty, po- quite, yeah, quite possibly my most hated movie of all time. Oh, it's after he decapitates awful. the evil butler. He then says to the to the, the head rolling down the floor, "Guess you won't be going to that hack convention in July." Mm-hmm. You Some know of what? The worst and frankly, liners in a movie. It, you know, I, what, what, why does he even bother when it comes to post decapitation one liners, folks? There can be only one. <laughs> I see what you did there. Moving on. <laughs> you know, I've I've heard you talk about that movie. I don't know why it didn't register to me. Like I, I had a feeling it was bad. But... I'm okay if you haven't seen it. Trust it's an me. awful movie. I haven't. I haven't. Um, yeah. All right. How about this one? This is a this is a far superior film. Flattery don't charge these batteries. Flattery don't charge these batteries. Hmm. Was this, anybody? Was this in a Marvel movie? No. Okay. Hmm. Actor. Actress. This. If if you've heard of her, this will probably narrow it down. Jane Lynch. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Thank you, Brian. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. 
Mac wants the flamethrower. Mac wants the flamethrower. Predator? Sorry. Seemed like a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was there even a flamethrower in that movie? I remember the chain. No. Commando? No. Uh, Brian, you're the only one who hasn't, hasn't struck out yet. Um, that's Mac. 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 I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm forward. trying to think of a movie where there's a character named Mac. Okay. Instead of giving you the actor's name, which it probably won't narrow it down that much, but I, I, I always love this part. The thing about this movie, there's a character named Mac, and there's also a character named Windows. Windows. Oh, shit, 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 shit. on you. Oh, fuck. Windows. The only Windows character Fred? I know of is in Fanboys. No. It's not that. It's not Fanboys. I know it's not, yeah. No, there's no way it was Fanboys. Would you like to know the actor? Like, again, this this may actually not narrow it down all that much. Who was it? Give it. Keith Give it David. Keith David. Yeah, it's not really that helpful. That name sounds familiar. I'm just <clears throat> trying to remember from where. Uh, well, he was the voice of Goliath on Gargoyles, so that helps. No, I'm out. I got. I, I think. Got, wait, Rocky's got. He a, looks uh, like he's been struck with inspiration. Well, I'm actually kind of shocked. You guys I think we might have bombed this one. Okay, yeah. Go ahead and give it to us, Jordan. I don't think yeah, we got. Yeah, you might as well. Strong Carpenter's the thing. Oh! oh! God damn it! Damn, very, we were talking about that last time. R.J. Macready, flamethrowers, skimming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little moment. Wow. I'm gone. God. I'm okay, really we, got, out here. we got like 12 more, so. Oh, but, uh, what are we at? We're at 54. All right. Tell you what, oh, we're, we're only at 54? We, yeah, we'll, I think we got enough time for the rest. Yeah, we do. I think Six we do. minutes? We need, yeah, we can do 12 more. All right, Six all right yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, you're nuts. NVTS nuts. Colin. History of the World Part 1. Thank you. I should have had that <laughs> Um, I just have a very slow reaction time. <laughs> I just realized I really should have read this one before the other, but whatever. It took me a year just to learn the Latin alphabet. Mm. Oh, uh, no. Are you sure? No, yeah, I'm sure. That okay. was like, like a day. I was thinking phenomenon. It's not. A, it's not phenomenon. No, it's not. Mm. It took me a year just to learn the Latin alphabet. Oh, God, I have no if, if, idea. If, if, you, if you can't think of the movie, feel free to think of what the Latin alphabet is, and may, maybe you can find some enjoyment in that. <laughs> See, the only three movies I honestly remember hearing anything in Latin from are Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which it no. isn't, and then both the National Treasure films. No. I would also accept it Event Horizon, but no, it's, it's not well, Event Horizon. Yeah, it's not Event Horizon. The actor? Sir Pierce Brosnan. He may not, may not actually be knighted. I don't know. He just he seemed like the a Thomas Crow affair. No. Damn. Oh man, I'm thinking. Hmm. There's no way that it's Miss Doubtfire. <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be hilarious, though. Hmm. Hey, anybody else? I don't. I don't think it's any of his Bond. Uh, well, he wasn't in a, like a volcano it's, it's not film. A Bond film. Da- uh, Dante. I'm pretty sure a volcano was not involved in this okay. movie because he wasn't a volcano. <laughs> yeah. oh, Does anybody remember that movie that he was in with Selma Hayek? Is it that one? No? I don't believe so, no. Okay. Anybody else? The, like, the only law, one I can remember the law November movie? Man. Is... No. The, the what movie? The lo- Something with law in law? it. The law. He was a lawyer. No. I think that's no. the Thomas. That's, no, that's, 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 that's an art thief. Right. 
I, I thought you were actually saying it for a second there, but if, if anyone else want to go? Want to take a go? No. <laughs> the Lawnmower Man. Oh fuck my God! This, this, fuck. Line, this line is one of the all-time stupidest lines in movie oh, history, it is. which I is he's saying it. how how smart the Lawnmower Man is after his VR. What's it happened to him? He's like he learned the entire Latin language in one day. It took me a year to learn the Latin alphabet. <laughs> And keep in mind, that, as, you, as you might remember from History of the World Part 1, the Latin alphabet is exactly identical to the English alphabet, but it doesn't have a U. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a Q also, and that's it. Oh, man. Maybe he, maybe he should have been the one there, man. All right. <laughs> well, that was fun. Okay, how about this one? It was a drive-by fruiting. Oh. Colin. Stop by. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't get that, Brian. It's I'm all really good. Know. It's all good. We, we built up to that one. <laughs> Sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. Donnie Darko. We mentioned that again earlier today. Starring Beth Grant from Extract. Woohoo! Extract Boom. Buddies! Boom! <laughs> Extract Buddies for life. Go wa- well, go watch the movie, then you can be an Extract Buddy, too. Sweet. I've got it. You can borrow it. Okay, cool. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix? Really? Yeah. Yes. It was. Well, I just right. ordered some got, pizza, so we might have to do that. I got three more, guys. Okay. All right. Just because he's got a library card, that doesn't make him Yoda. Ooh. <clears throat> that sounds familiar. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to add in some music to... Yeah, I know, there's a lot of dead air. Don't worry, I, I'll, I'll take care of it. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Right, anybody want to hazard a guess, or should I mention the actor? Just because he has a... Sure. It's yeah, don't have the actor. Brad Pitt. Just because he has a bride. Emma Louise? No. Um, Fight Club? No. Patriot Games? No. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Joe Black? No. Damn it. Are we just going to go through all the... World War Z? World no. War Z. Inglorious Bastards? No. <laughs> Fury? No. Let's just make all was it, wait, was it Troy? No, it was not true. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think... Cool. I'm not sure if library cards or Yoda existed back in the days of Troy. Um, uh, I like the thing we're going to go through. Yeah, I was like, cool. Yeah. I think it would be Cool World, but it's not Cool World. Well, was it, uh, it's not Cool World. Ocean's Eleven? Not any of the Oceans. We've named so Here, many I'll, films. I'll help you out. I'll help you My out. God, Brad Pitt's in a lot of movies. It was also not true romance. That's a free one. Uh, Legends of the Fall? No. Wait, that's stupid. Sorry. Shit. That's okay. Also before Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair Brian, if it makes you feel any better, I was about to say seven years in Tibet. <laughs> Which wouldn't work. <laughs> it makes no goddamn sense. I know. <laughs> well, so... Any more? Because this is admittedly kind of amusing. <laughs> no! Oh, right, oh man. I'm well, out of ideas. I, I had to include this line just to, just to prove to myself that it has been a long... It's been far too long since I came out with a geek critique. Okay. Way too goddamn long. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. You almost had it there, uh, Colin. It was seven. God damn it. The stinger at the end of my geek critique review was Brad Pitt saying, just because he's got a library card, that doesn't make him Yoda. God That was how my review ended. I feel like such a dumbass right now. I do, too. What's in the box? What's in the box? (laughs) 
Well, I've learned a lot tonight, uh, folks. Um, all right, two more. Okay. It's hard when you're on the spot. Th this one might be pretty easy. Okay. What are you, the disco plumber? Well, you you can't ring any of my bells with that one. Uh, sorry. Disco plumber. I, I, there are two reasons why I picked this movie. One of them is that I know I've seen it with you guys. Hmm. Nothing worry about it. No, it is not. No, God. I know, I know. No. I'm joking. I was tempted to throw in, was she corpulent? Very corpulent. <laughs> but I didn't think I wanted to burn you guys with well, Super Mario, to think about Super Mario Brothers. Oh, wait. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. It, it's not, it's, it's no. not, yeah. It's something we've all watched together. Yeah, I know. One more time. It's not Johnny Mnemonic, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> what are you, the disco plumber? I think would I'm going to like know the actor. I think I'm going to need to know the actor. Ben Stiller. Oh, is that Mystery Man? Mystery Man. Thank you, Justin. Fuck, yeah. I should have got... Eddie Izzard had I was the, thinking the disco that, yeah. boy, and he had a lead pipe, and he said, I was like, it doesn't fit the theme at all. What are you, the disco plumber? Yeah. I was you know, I was thinking that as my first guest, too, and I'm like... All right. I don't know. Are we ready? This, this is the final one. Okay, all right. All right. Here we go. This... There, there, I will admit there's a chance that, no, that none of you guys have seen this movie, but it's this moment is just so glorious. I had this, I had to send off this this entire enterprise with this line. Okay, Are you guys ready? All yes. right. Good guys always win, even in the eighties. Last action hero? No. Good guys. Always that was a. Win. That's not a terrible guess though. <laughs> I mean, that was a nineties movie, but yeah. I'll, I'll, while you're thinking about that, I'll, I'll tally up the vote. I'll tally up the. Uh... I'm out of it. Like... I failed so badly. This uh, is hard. I, I have Holy not... crap, Rocky! Did, did, did you get any of these? No, I did not. Wow. Mm -mm. I haven't seen a lot of them. You need to give him a softball. Give him one that you know he would know. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to some of the other ones. Um... While we're waiting to come up with the answer, yeah, on right, right, Rocky. Uh, here's one just for you. Project Insight requires insight. Don't know. <laughs> Project. Uh... Say it again. You, are you actually looking up on your phone? No, I'm okay. looking at my phone. Um, how about, um, why would I put a fin my finger on his throat? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, galaxy. Guardian of the Galaxy. Okay. So, all right, so we're what was... All right. All right, Jordan, uh, I think we're going to... How about you cocky cock? That's Scott Pope. Oh, okay. wait. What? Scott Pilgrim versus the Yeah. You cocky cock. Okay. So, all right. So, Jordan, gonna, we're going to be in the last one. I think we're going to be the actor... That's the hell of it is that I'm actually not certain who it is. Oh. So, yeah. Wait, yeah. give me the line again. Good guys always win, even in the 80s. Okay. Uh, let's think. Hmm. Uh, is it a hot tub time machine? No. There are three movies that are running through my head right now, and I'm pretty sure none of them are right. But I have... It's either, in my head, I'm either thinking it's Men at Work. No. Okay, which is not. Okay. I was thinking about throwing in, uh, someone, someone threw out a perfectly good white boy, but I thought, <laughs> I thought you'd get that. Well, yeah. I, I would have, because <laughs> that's, that's better off dead. But, um... It's like, uh, my, that's my favorite I line actually thought from that, that Men at Work, so maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing I didn't use that. Oh, really? That's, my, <laughs> that's actually my single favorite line from, from Better movie, Off yeah. Dead. Yeah. Okay. Damn shame um, folks be throwing away a perfectly good, good white boy, boy like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um... Like, I thought it was either Men at Work, Repo Men, or, um, what was the other one? Wall Street, but it's not Wall Street either. No. <sighs> Christ, because, I, I don't know, because 
I definitely don't know what this one is, but it's like sounds like from the context you, that it's so people who've gone back to the 80s right, or something. So let me ask you a question. Do you know any actors from this film? I can tell you this much. This The reason this line is in the movie is because it was made in 1980. Is it Time Cop? No. No, that was 1993. Oh, I'm way off. Mm-hmm. It, was it maybe just felt like an 80s no, movie. Uh, not, it's 97. Um, I'm just trying to think of time travel yeah. movies. Oh, oh, God, this, I threw this in just because it's a favorite of not only the Banff cast, but also uh, also Noah Antweiler, the spoony one who reviewed this movie on a vlog not long ago. I have no idea. Back to the Future 3? No. That was 1990. I, I would not have been stupid enough to try and throw a Back to the Future line past uh, Colin. Or, <laughs> jo- or Justin. Yeah. Those are his favorite films. Well, those are Katie's subject, favorite uh, films, so by extension, they might as well. Well, they were yours. Oh, by the way, on the subject, Justin Rocky, here's another one for you. Uh, I love you when you roughhouse. I actually don't. I got that one right out of the gate, I want to add. Because I wanted to say, like, there's no way in hell I could possibly squeeze a Ghostbusters line past Colin. So I tried to squeeze a Ghostbusters 2 line past him. And it, that Remember, failed. it's the uh, it's the scene where they're getting the statue over to bash in the roof of the Hello. museum. I love you when you rock us. Oh, yeah. Hi, friend. Um, okay, well. I, I, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so I haven't it, seen it, the film was made in 1980. Well. Yes. Good guys win. I'm, I'm out. I get it. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of. I should have looked up what this guy's name was. I I, I, I got nothing. I probably actually know him, but it, it, it's it's hard to recognize him behind that giant powder blue headband that he wears all throughout this movie. But uh, powdered blue. Mm. So what movie is it? It's called Megaforce. Oh. Never and never heard even it. heard of so it. So it ends with with powder blue headband guy telling the Libyan terrorist or whatever who he who he beat he leaves him alive. Just to say, you know, if you try this again, remember, good guys always win, even in the 80s. And then he takes off in a winged motorcycle. <laughs> as, the, as, as the Libyan terrorist looks on with admiration and respect, he's like, yeah! No shame in losing to that guy! A winged motorcycle. <laughs> it's like Meatloaf. America. It's like Meatloaf and Bat Out of Hell. Like, Oh my god. What fresh hell is this? <laughs> Alright, so how did we end up? That was fun. Okay, yeah. well, um... Brian got two, and uh, Justin, you got uh, two. Uh, Colin walks off with uh, five. I'm sorry, Justin, you got you got three. I didn't see you down there with the disco plumber, so you got All second right. behind uh, five. That was Colin. Hey, I'll take it. Making Rocky the loser. Well, I had been preparing for for this for like months. Oh, so you got plenty more. Um, I'm actually kind of tapped out now, but I'm sure I can make more. I've think, got. I think I, I think I'll be able to uh, come on maybe two more episodes. So I definitely want to do more of these before right. I leave. All right, I'll see what I can do, man. All right, so I think Fantastic. I think I actually would like to make this a regular routine on the show it's, now. It's I mean, it's it actually as regular as we can without. I mean, really, it. anyone could uh, could anyone could, could jump in contribute on this. questions too. So yeah. yeah, this could be the new stuff of Star Wars. Name. I think uh, it's I think it's better too because it's it's got it's more open ended it's exactly it's I, not, I, yeah I feel like it's an extension of stuff of Star Wars nerd really yeah, yeah. I go with that it's, I, yeah no this should definitely be a regular segment sweet all I right. like it all right well I another think, <laughs> all right well I think that's gonna go ahead and wrap it up for tonight so Ooh. without any further ado I'm Colin Kakamis I'm Justin Eisenstadt I'm Brian Massey I'm Rocky Diamond and I'm Jordan Hazelwood and you're boldly going nowhere outro.
Boldly Going Nowhere is a Castwave Studios production. For other shows and more, visit castwavestudios.com. Wow, that sounded great.